Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Pilot's Inner Circle on Flight Training Radio, where a good pilot is always learning. Now, here's your host and certified flight instructor extraordinaire, Jason Shoppert. Shoppert here of M0A.com. Today we're talking about making some real-world decisions. Stay tuned. Now for news and notes. In today's news and notes segment, first thing I did this morning when I opened up uh, my RSS feeds and my news feeds and I read this headline, First Officer Lands Delta Jet as Captain Locked Out of Cockpit. I love how the... uh, the media was just really hyping this story up and everything else. And, the, you know, the first officer, a, a lot of these non-flying media personnel don't realize a lot of these guys just swap the legs. The captain flies this leg. The first officer flies this leg. You and I know this as CRM, crew resource management. But when uh, something like this happens, it seems to make uh, national headlines uh, and proves to be a big stink sometimes. This, of course, uh, Uh, Not good, but not bad uh, PR for Delta in this case, but they seem to take a pretty positive spin of it. Guys, you are listening to the Pilot's Inner Circle live on Flight Training Radio, where members of the Pilot's Inner Circle and our online ground school members are earning FAA WINGS credits just for listening to this very radio program you're listening to right now. WINGS credits are sort of like CEUs, Continuing Education Units, for renewing your pilot certificate. Think of it as literally pushing your flight review back in time. So to learn more about that, you can go to pilotsinnercircle.com to check that out and consider becoming an online ground school member today. So what I want to chat about with you guys today, I want to talk about some real-world decision-making. Now, we know the FAA has the decide model, the three Ps, the five Ps, the paved checklist, the I'm safe checklist. And we as student pilots and pilots alike are required to memorize these. But really, what function does it serve to memorize this? Could you, if I asked you right now, name off the three Ps or the five Ps or the decide checklist? If you're a great flight instructor, chances are you can If you're fresh off a check ride or studying for the check ride, I bet you could. But really, in the heat of making a decision, are you going to sit there and work through the decide model? I want you to not go through it one by one. Okay, D is this, and work through it. We need to get to the level where decision-making becomes subconscious. We work through the decide model. We work through the paved checklist without even thinking about it. Now, some like the I'm safe and some like the paved checklist. I do sit down and kind of literally go through the acronym. But in the heat of the moment, when there's an emergency and I need to take some serious action, I do follow the decide model. However, I don't do it by listing out each and every letter in that acronym. You know, I believe it's more important to know how to put these to use. 
So I want to use an example to do this. I'm going to read to you an actual NTSB report uh, of an accident here. According to the student pilot slash owner, when he initially checked the weather two hours before takeoff, his intended route of flight was, in his words, cloudy. But reporting VNC, visual VFR conditions, after the student pilot and his passenger arrived at the airport, the student pilot checked the weather again and decided to fly southeast before proceeding direct to the destination through better weather conditions. After the student pilot took off, he requested VFR flight falling, which we just learned about. He informed air traffic control of his intended route of flight. Now, the controller came back and advised the student pilot of possible rain en route and recommended that he modify his route to proceed direct to his destination. Now, keep in mind, the student pilot sat down and said, okay, geez, direct doesn't look very good. Looks like there's some rain there, so I'm planning an alternative route. Now, ATC comes on and says, well, I don't like the looks of your alternative route. There looks like some weather that way. I think it's better if you go direct. He's got two, what the information he digested and the information ATC is currently telling him right now. The student pilot accepted the controller's advice and found the first 45 minutes of the flight to be, again, in his words, but the weather continued to get worse. I find that an interesting statement that the weather was fine for the first 45 minutes and then it continued to get worse. So it never was that great to begin with. The student pilot flew into the clouds briefly twice, but maneuvered the airplane back to visual conditions. He asked air traffic control for advice, but all suggestions yielded no relief. Shortly thereafter, the student pilot declared an emergency and decided to make an emergency landing in a field. The student pilot dropped the plane down on the mains as firmly as possible, and it bounced and went airborne again. The airplane traveled down the field, hit the top of a fence, and continued up a hill where it finally came to rest. The airplane incurred substantial damage to the forward section of the fuselage and the right wing route. The pilot did not report any mechanical problems with the airplane. The weather reported at the airport about 15 miles east at the time of the accident was Broken clouds, 500 feet. Broken clouds, 900 feet. Overcast clouds, 1,400 feet, and light rain. The student pilot reported to have 170 hours of total flight time. So let's work through this together now, really quick here. Let's use, uh, let's use that PAVE model to make a decision. PAVE, keep in mind, P is the pilot, A is the aircraft, V is the environment. We steal the, we go E N and steal the V right there to make it environment, and E is external pressures. Guys, I promise the paved checklist will, without a shadow of a doubt, be on your private instrument, commercial, ATP check ride. I don't care. The paved checklist will be on that check ride. So let's use that PAVE model to make a decision. P is the pilot. How is the pilot in our situation? Well, on the surface, if you just look at the numbers, you say, okay, he's a student pilot, all right, but he's got 170 hours. So you would think, wow, 170 hours, that's a lot of time. He must be, he must be a great pilot. But 
here, guys. My, my instructors listening right now know what I'm getting at. When is the last time you saw a student pilot with 170 hours? I've seen a few in my time, and they all kind of have a similar trait to them. Student, you don't just end up one day being a 170-hour student pilot. Chances are this is somebody who's really dragging out their training. It, the, the NTSB report starts off saying, according to the student pilot slash owner, so he owned this airplane. I've dealt with people like this before. It's a student pilot who owns an airplane. He gets signed off to solo, and he expects you to continue endorsing him every 90 days so he can continue to solo, and he's just fine soloing. And one of these days, he's going to do that written test. One of these days, he's going to you know, actually prepare for his check ride, but he knows just enough to be dangerous. He knows how to fly the airplane, but I guarantee, and I can prove it by what we just read there, that the knowledge is not there. Don't think that because he has 170 hours, he's a great pilot or a safe pilot. I don't, mean to, I don't know this person. I, I might be making a generalization, but I bet any other CFI out there is you know, shaking their head in affirmation saying, I've seen people like this before. High time, and this is very high time student pilots, usually have a story um, and their training was drug out for some reason. So don't think this is 170 hours of solid great flying. Let's move to the A in our acronym, the aircraft. Well, we don't talk a whole lot about the aircraft. It was a Cessna 172 and he was the owner of the airplane. Is it safe to say that because he was the owner of the airplane, he knew a lot about it? Well, yeah, but it doesn't say when he bought that airplane. Has he owned it for a week? Has he owned it for three years? We don't know. We just know he was the owner of the aircraft. And we also know that there was nothing wrong mechanically with the airplane. We took a perfectly good airplane and we slammed it down into a field and hit a fence. That's what happened in this case. The V is the environment. In his words, it was cloudy. But before takeoff, realized his route, his direct route, wasn't feasible, so he made another route. So is this a classic case of like get there-itis where this guy goes, geez, I really want to go direct, but geez, there's all this precipitation there. I really don't think I'm going to be able to make it in there. I'm going to make another route around this precipitation. Guys, if you're a student pilot and you're having to make routes around, you know, rain and precipitation and thunderstorms or snow or whatever it may be, I would hope that you would say it's really just it's better just to wait and, and fly another day and keep the airplane in one piece. When you're a student pilot and you're already planning diversions down on the ground, that should be a, a, a gimme that you go, uh, you, I'm not going flying today. My direct route doesn't work. I could deviate a little this way. No. If you're planning an entirely different flight and a deviation on the ground, that should be a perfect sign that you check that box and go, I'm just not flying that day. The E in our acronym is external pressures. And we think of external pressures, and the example I usually give is, you know, when you add money to the equation, things change a lot. I always give you the example of, you know, when I was 18 years old and I was flying traffic. I literally flew all around Jacksonville, Florida, and I would report traffic accidents and traffic delays uh, to local radio stations in the Department of Transportation. Well, when you're an 18-year-old kid and you're in college, and you've got bills to pay, and it's the first of the month, and the rent's due, and it's IFR outside, and you don't make money unless you're flying, 
that's an external pressure. And that's where people can get themselves in trouble sometimes, dealing with those external pressures. Uh, I don't believe, and we don't have enough evidence to show that he had a financial external pressure, like I just shared with you. But we know an external pressure he experienced from ATC. ATC informed him. They said, listen, I don't like the looks of that backup route now you've planned. Looks like there's some rain ahead. I think you should just go direct. So put yourself in his shoes. You just did some flight planning. You say direct is no good. There is no way I'll be able to go direct. So I'm going to plan this little route here. I'm going to go to this VOR, then this VOR, and then I'll proceed on course. So he's got his new route in there. He gets up there, goes to do his new route, and ATC says, listen, I don't like the looks of your route. There's some precipitation there. I'd go direct if I were you. Now you've got two conflicting reports. Was I right? Was, was he right? Who do I believe? I've got this external pressure here to just believe that, well, he's air traffic control. He must be right, right? I mean, but keep in mind, his name is ATC, Air Traffic Control. Not, he's not a flight service station. He or she is not a flight service station. He is meant to see air traffic. They will flat out tell you that the precipitation they see, well, it's just that. They can only see precipitation. And their, their radar isn't meant to see it. Their radar is meant to see air traffic in the air. Now, they can see a little bit, but it's really got to be, by the time ATC can see a storm, it, it's, you know, a serious event. Um, they can't see things like cloud cover. They can read you all the METARs and help you out with that sort of stuff, but they can't see cloud cover. They can't tell you what the visibility is through there unless they have a PIREP. You see, they only see the big precipitation. So, when he told him to change his route, you know, ATC may have been right. We, we don't know. We don't know because we weren't able to play out both scenarios here. So we don't have that answer, unfortunately. But you would think that, geez, well, the controller said it, so it must be right. We know that from, you know, <laughs> just listening to some of the radio communications I've done with controllers in the past. That Sometimes you got to stay on top of them just as much as they have to stay on top of us. So you get external pressures thinking maybe that controller's right. Maybe you deal with that. External pressures don't have to just be financial or we have to get there. They can be brought on upon us by a controller telling us, I need you to hold short. I need you to, I need you to land and get off on this runway. Make that first right turn right away, darn it. And you end up getting into a pickle that way. That external pressure that really we can't say that the controllers bring it upon us. The controllers present us with an idea, and we as the pilots have the final authority to say, enable. You see what I'm saying there? Really talking about. Now, let's, let's work through this now. We did the PAVE model. Let's work through the DECIDE model. D-E-C-I-D-E -E is the acronym, and it stands for detect, estimate, choose, identify, do, and evaluate. Now, I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I know I went through that fast. If you were writing this down or listening to your car, trying to take notes at the same time, that's dangerous. Don't do that. Um, but I'm going to work through it again. Detect. The FAA says the decision maker detects the fact that a change has occurred. Well, our pilot detected that the weather was getting worse. Really, forget the fact that he detected the weather was getting worse. He detected that the weather wasn't that great on the ground. In his words, it was cloudy. 
You know, it was so cloudy and there was so much precipitation that he had to plan an alternative route um, to get to where he wanted to go. And keep in mind, by the time he had his emergency off-airport landing, 500 foot broken, 500 foot or 900 feet broken, and 1,400 feet overcast. We're talking about three different layers. This is a serious storm brewing when you kind of get a weird conglomerate of a bunch of different layers. It's not one solid layer. It's this really... Um, you know, just the storm that's really, truly building when you have those kind of layers like that. So detect. Well, he detected that the weather was getting worse. He detected the weather wasn't that great, should have never left the ground in the first place. The E in our decide model is to estimate. The decision maker estimates the need to counter or react to the change. Well, what he did is when he was in the air, he estimated that the controller must be right. Maybe I did something wrong in my flight plan, he thought. Maybe something's changed. He estimated that controller was right, forgetting that he's an air traffic controller, not a flight service station. The weather he can give you is so, so limited. The C in our decide model is to choose. The decision maker needs to choose the desirable outcome, obviously in terms of success for the flight. Well, what he chose to do was he chose to follow the controller's guidelines, even though he had evidence saying otherwise. Well, geez, this controller must know something I don't know, so uh, I'm going to just do what, what he says over there. The I in our decide model is to identify. The decision maker identifies actions which could successfully control that we Well, he identified actions really by truly, you know, it's almost, it's almost like we detect things get worse and worse. I detected things getting worse and worse. I identified this decision to follow my control with a control. Isn't that great of flying, you know, the decision His do was he found a hole, he, he spiraled on down, and landed in some random field in who knows where. And then he did the E in our acronym, evaluate. The decision maker evaluates the effect of his or her actions countering the change. Well, uh, he should evaluate his life and be very thankful that he's alive. Um, but And really, he should have never left the ground. I mean, when you're in that desperate of a situation that you're just going to plunk it down in somebody's field, you, you've, re you've taken it way too far. I've shared this with you guys before. Uh, you know, you've seen the JFK Jr. reenactment I've done of people just continue to push it and push it and push it. You know, uh, it, it amazes me. VFR into IMC, guys. It, it should be null and void on the NTSB reports because – you should either make the decision on the ground to stay on the ground or you get up there and you find yourself in a predicament and you make the most important maneuver I promise you will ever learn, which is a 180-degree standard rate turn under the hood. If you don't get anything else from this, this radio show today, I challenge you to get a safety pod or go up with your instructor, put the foggles on, and practice a 180-degree standard rate turn. It sounds so simple. It sounds so easy. But when you've got the pressure of 
I've got to get there. I just flew through the cloud. I've already pushed a little bit farther than I want to. You got a, a death grip on the yoke. You know you're in a bad spot. That 180 degree turn is so hard to make. But when you can make it with a clear head and live to fly another day, the decision making gets so much easier. Guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Any questions you have, any comments you have, hit me up on the mzeroa.com Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash M-Z-E-R-O-A, or on Twitter, I am at M-Z-E-R-O-A. We're going to take a quick uh, commercial break and come back, answer your questions and your comments. See you after the break. Picture this. You're flying along. Everything is fine. Then suddenly... The engine quits. Do you have your checklists, frequencies, and procedures memorized? Let Jason take you through every in-flight emergency possible. In Jason's newest book, In-Flight Emergencies, a step-by-step guide to handling the unexpected, Jason takes you through every possible scenario with actual in-flight video and audio for real emergencies. You'll be able to watch an actual engine failure in-flight take place then hear the pilot's story and Jason's take on how they handled the situation. Visit InFlightEmergencies.com to better equip yourself for the unexpected. Jason called it way back during an interview in 2010. One thing I can tell you for sure is the iPad is going to revolutionize the way we fly and certainly the way we learn to fly. Learn exactly how Jason has been using his iPad to fly since the beginning in his new free report titled Digital Flying. Jason shows you which apps he uses, how to mount the iPad in the cockpit, which iPad to buy, how to stay organized in the cockpit, and so much more. For a limited time only, you can grab this report totally free, no strings attached. Visit digitalflying.com to request your free copy and become a digital pilot today. Call in now, 877-537-6704. Hey there, quick question. What would you do if you lost your logbook? Imagine having to go back in time to track down all of those hours, dates, aircraft flown, and airports landed at. It's near impossible. Trust me, I've done it. Welcome to Runway Log, the best online pilot logbook that lets you log flights on your iPhone, iPad, or Android device. Attach photos to certain entries and see where you've been with our interactive map. Best of all, it's backed up every hour and fully exportable to CSV or PDF. Runway Log has your back. It even sends reminders when your flight review is due. Don't wait another second. Start your free trial of Runway Log today. Visit RunwayLog.com. The Ground School Academy is more than just another school. It's a community. And I want to thank you for all that you're doing. You're going to grow this show. You're going to be the most popular and best instructor in the nation because you focus on people and learning. You're sincere. You have integrity. And you have character. And your wife is a great gal, too. Each week, members get to interact with Jason through his webinars, videos, and this very radio program you're listening to now. My name is Matt Dolan. I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. I fly out of the Des Moines airport, and I pass my private pilot check ride with 40.1 hours. I attribute a lot of that success to the M0A online ground school. Uh, Jason really does a wonderful job of teaching his students all the basics you're going to need to help test, pass your written test as well as uh, your practical tests. Um, the videos he shows, uh, almost every maneuver he has a video to back that up. 
uh, to explain about it. Um, <clears throat> once you're a member, uh, they hold the online seminars every week. Uh, this is really a big key uh, as far as my training was concerned because there's those nagging questions, you know, exactly what does this do, what does that do. Pass your check ride or we'll pay for it. Visit pilotsinnercircle.com now to join the number one rated online ground school. Alrighty, guys, Jason back taking your questions, your comments, great, great comments from world-famous Uncle Larry Diamond. He said, did he have an alternate, and did he have the alternate weather from flight service, if he had an alternate? Did he call flight service before the flight? ATC is sitting in a nice, warm, and dry room. Keep that in mind, too, when you're looking for weather information. What was ATC's workload? What were the students' personal minimums? How current was he? Uh, when did he last fly with his instructor and what were they working on? How much sleep did he get that night? There's so many variables to this. This is where the I'm safe checklist comes into play. This is where the paved checklist comes into play. Larry continued to say the decide checklist takes all the elements of the paved checklist and helps evaluate risk, outcomes, capabilities of the pilot pilot, aircraft characteristic, outside factors, and all what we're trying to do is work towards the outcome desired, which is a safe flight, which didn't happen in this case. And the pilot's okay, if you were curious about that too. Again, I'm not a big fan of talking of fatalities and everything else. Um, he's very, very lucky to be alive, I can tell you that much. But guys, it's one thing to know these acronyms. It's one thing to be, be able to rattle off on a check ride, decide, yeah, detect, estimate, choose, uh, identify, do, evaluate. Great. That's awesome. But can you apply that to the real world? Have you found yourself doing that subconsciously? You know, that is when safety really increases. When you can do that, and not only do it, guys, but when you can hold yourself to it. Uh, we, every year we travel all around the country um, doing what we call the Good Pilot Tour. Dates for that will be coming out here soon. The Good Pilot Tour. And one of the driving factors of every Good Pilot Tour, every seminar I do is simple. Set personal minimums. Have hard set numbers for personal minimums. And it's the same factor. It's one thing to have them it's another thing to live by them. It's another thing to actually apply them. So that's my challenge to you guys this afternoon. What are your hard set personal minimum numbers? I will not go flying if the wind is greater than blank, if the clouds are lower than blank. I didn't say scattered, broken, overcast. I said clouds. If the clouds are lower than blank, if the visibility is less than blank, Wind, clouds, visibility. Three things that will get you into trouble if their numbers are greater than what you can handle. Be on the conservative side. Feel free to increase them as you increase in your skill and collect more ratings. Guys, enjoy the rest of your day. Online Ground School members will be chatting more this evening. Excited to talk with you more about some decision-making, aeronautical decision-making. If you're not an Online Ground School member and you wish to be, I challenge you. Groundschoolacademy.com.
Dot-com. Check it out. Learn more. You won't be disappointed. Pass your check ride or I'll pay for it. Enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.